Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering Esther 5 and 6 and James 5. It's the last chapter of James. And I'm having a really great time in the book of James. It's interesting and we're just going to jump right in. Um, yeah, I'm just going to read it and let's talk about it. Um, here we are, verse 1. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. The corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. It would be very easy to just say, we're just talking about um, the super wealthy. So then those who are saying, well, I'm not super wealthy, so I don't have to pay attention to this passage. Well, aren't you super wealthy compared to other people? A hundred percent. No matter where you are in your situation, you are super wealthy compared to someone else. So does this not apply? Of course it does. Why? Because um, it's the heart. Now, here's where people get confused. They think, okay, the closer I get to God, I have to get rid of my worldly possessions, my, my material possessions, my clothes, my wealth. I have to give it all away. And, or some people, oh, I'm a Christian. I can't, I can't really pursue wealth or I can't show off that I have stuff. I have to just stay so humble. Okay. Even in that mindset is, is the heart is in the wrong place. Even like, oh, I need to be humble. So it's how I look. Even humility is in the heart. You can still have a mansion and a fancy car and still have humility in your heart. You could still be super poor living on the streets and not have humility in your heart. So it's always about the heart posture. So again, some people think, well, I'm a Christian, so I shouldn't be pursuing wealth. Where is your heart? And yes, in other passages, it does talk about pursuing wealth for the ability to be generous and to give and to take care of others. How are we supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans if we don't have? How are we supposed to take care of other generations and leave a legacy if we don't have? So God doesn't care about what you have, the wealth or the lack of wealth. He cares about your heart posture. So you can be the richest person in the world, but if you are right with God in your heart, and you are generous with your time, with your attention, with your wealth, then God's going to look at your heart. And then there's those that are super wealthy and they are generous. Um, and so it appears that they're doing the right things. It appears that they're being generous because they're giving, giving, giving. Where is their heart posture? What is their intention with their giving? That's what God is looking at all the time. So whether you're pursuing wealth or you're happy working at McDonald's, it's fine. It's wherever your heart posture is. So if you can, if you have the skills to pursue wealth, if you have the abilities, if you have the know-how and the skills, 
go for it. Pursue as much wealth as you can, because with that wealth, as, and, and always check your heart, because it is true, the more you get wealthy, the harder it is to stay pure in heart, because you do get distracted with the stuff. But if you can pursue wealth and still keep your heart checked, do all the things, reading the Bible, staying in community, going to church, um, being kind, being generous, forgiving not slandering, not gossiping. If you can do all those things, you'll keep your heart full of goodness. And I'm exhausting that because I know there's a lot of conflict because, oh my gosh, he's a Christian. How could he be driving that Lamborghini? Or look at this church. There's such a, 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 a wealthy church. Shame on them. No, that's very important. Because if you... Because one, you're the daughter and the sons of a king. Number one, it's your inheritance. Number two, that's what is required on this earth is wealth. Um, and if you don't pursue the wealth, the evil people are going to pursue the wealth. And what's that going to do? So, okay, I've exhausted that. But it was very, very, very important. Be patient then. So he shifts gears. James shifts gears right here. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmers wait for the land to yield the valuable crop, patiently waiting for the moment, for the autumn and the spring rain. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke of the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have perseverance. Well, I'm going to have to back up a second because I had to let the dog out. So, um, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, do not by heaven or by earth or anything else. All you need to say is yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. So he's not saying you, not to say an oath in in court if you were if you were in court but he's saying make your yes be yes and your no be no that's what he's saying there okay is anyone among you in trouble let them pray is anyone happy let them sing songs of praise is anyone among you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well the lord will raise them up if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. All right. Yes, yes, yes. I could probably expand on that, but <laughs> oh, I don't know if much more needs to be said. Um, so beautiful, right? Basically standing in the gap for your brothers and sisters, standing in the gap for people who are suffering and, and sick. Being an inter intercede for people, 
pray for people. You know, this last part of chapter five was about stepping into your calling, stepping into your role, not being shy, um, but praying for people. And yeah, so you could see it's like the first part was talking about your heart posture in regards to wealth getting in your way. The second part was about being patient and in your midst of your suffering. And then the third part was, okay, now do the things like go pray for the sick, go intercede. If someone is going down a wrong path, speak to them, be bold, be brave, which is ironic because here we are in the book of Esther and in chapter um, five, we have Haman who is got, he's gotten so much power and wealth. He's going crazy about it. Talk about an example of somebody who's out of control because he has um, honor, because he has the role or wealth, basically, that he's making other people bow down to him. It's ugly. So if you want to see what it looks like, check out Haman. Um, but on chapter 5, so Esther requests, she goes to the king, and sure enough, the king put out his gold scepter so the queen Esther was allowed to go to his court and when she went up to him she invited him to dinner to bring Haman um mm-hmm. <laughs> so then then they they go to dinner the king and Haman but then when they're there she says he's like what do you what do you request I request that you come back to dinner tomorrow night and then I'll tell you what my real request is Okay, so in the meantime, so they leave. In that same day, um, the king was getting his chronicles, basically a history, a record of what's happened in his in his reign. And he finds out about those two guys that were trying to kill him and how Mordecai saved his life. And the king's like, did we honor him? No, we didn't. Huh, we should honor him. At the same time, Haman walks in. He, and the king says to Haman, how should we honor, how should I how should I delight? Wait, what should be done for the man the king delights? And so Haman thought it was him himself. <laughs> so he gives all his elaborate things that should be done about parading this man through the town and everybody bowing down to him, all this stuff. Sure enough, the king says, that's a great idea. I want you to do that for Mordecai. Basically, Haman's enemy, the man that Haman hates for no reason other than standing up to him and also being a Jew. So Haman had to do that to Mordecai. <laughs> he was devastated. It was awful. As you can see in all the Esther movies, it's a great, great thing to watch. That's it. So that's where we are in the book of Esther. Esther 5 and 6 and James 5 is what we read today. Hope you enjoyed that. There was a lot to unpack as far as James 5 is concerned. Um, and then we're still going along with the story. It is awesome, though, to see the character of Haman and the evil that this power and wealth has done to him when we're reading S, um, James, and James is talking about wealth. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. It's how it changes you. And are you still kind and generous and good? Do you still love the Lord? Do you still put God first? Or did it change your heart? And the main thing is when you do have wealth, it is much easier for it to change your heart. It's much easier to think you have the power than God himself. 
That's all it is with wealth. So there you have. How do we know it? Because Abraham was very, 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 very wealthy. So we know wealth is okay. It's what it does to your heart and how you use it. All right, my friends, that was it. Esther 5 and 6 and James 5. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.